Hi, I'm Albion Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So Doug, I always love the ideas that surface in terms of conversation that we can have. And this one is interesting, I think, for lots of different reasons. And the question that was posed to us is, how has age changed your perspective on life? What really matters now? And I think what's interesting about it is you and I are at different places in our life. Of course, I'm 25 and you're 35. And as a result... (laughs) (laughs) If only, in my case... As a result, I think we might have some very interesting perspectives about things. They may be very similar. Perhaps they're different. But what greater time to have a conversation about it than here with all of our Love Life family? So I will ask you first, now after living a few decades, has your perspective about life changed? Can you tell the difference between how you view the world now at this point in your life versus how you used to? And has it shaped or affected in any way what you really think matters at this point? What would you say? Well, I'd say unquestionably, but I I want to be careful in saying that this is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't how arrive. I, how somewhere. I felt at you know, right. my 20s is not how I felt in my 30s, and, and then again, not in 40s or 50s. Um, so I, I don't necessarily come at this strictly from the perspective of at this advanced age, how do you feel now about your life? Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is just this age and how I feel, but I've got a little more experience. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's an old saying that there are some people applied to people in a work situation. There are some people who have 20 years on the job, one year, 20 times over. (laughs) (laughs) And some people have 20 years of experience. Uh, There's a difference. Uh, And I think the difference has to do with whether you are an introspective, evaluatory person and you uh, observe what you go through in your life and you internalize those lessons, um, those experiences, and they help shape and guide what goes on from that point forward, or you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, there are people who have no interest in looking backwards at their life, um, don't necessarily learn a lesson from what they've been through. Mm-hmm. And you know, as George Santayana said, they're doomed to repeat that history again and again and again. Right. Um, I, I I'm thankful, I think, I, you know, this is, sounds self-congratulatory, but I do think that I have learned things in the course of my life, and they've changed me. Um, sometimes it's taken, you know, I've had to get hit upside the head a few times <laughs> to drive the point home through my own obstinacy or, or um, lack of situational awareness. Um, but eventually, I learned some lessons about what I valued, what I didn't value, what I wanted for myself, and how I wanted to operate in the world. And probably the most important lesson for me was, um, and I think this is an interesting duality, I am more anxious about certain things in my life than I used to be. Like what? And less anxious about others. Like what? Well, On a day-in, day-out basis, I am less anxious about the outcome of today. Hmm. 
I am much more inclined to accept with some degree of equanimity that as the day unfolds, good things may happen subjectively, bad things may happen subjectively, but it ain't over. Mm. There's more to come. And how I may feel about a circumstance in the moment is probably not important. Mm. That I need to step back and judge only as the situation unfolds and over time. So that's the less anxious, and I think that's the wisdom of age, of knowing that what you think is happening is not necessarily what's happening, that things, positive things happen in your life or things that you perceive as positive, things happen that you perceive as negative. They don't necessarily end up being what you think they are <laughs> at the time, and that you need to give yourself... Um, the opportunity to determine what their true impact is on your life over time. The things I'm more anxious about are things about maybe on behalf of the people around me. Mm. I'm more anxious about where our country's going right now. I'm more anxious about the welfare of my children and grandchildren. Mm. I'm more anxious, not for myself, right. but for them, because th- you know, they're inheriting this mess that we're leaving them. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't feel as if the mess is getting better. It <laughs> feels at the moment as if the mess is getting worse. And that's the anxiety I have at the moment. It's about the next generation and the generation after. Um, and and the feeling of responsibility that I have individually and generally, gener- can I say that? Generationally. Generationally mm-hmm. To um, whether, even if I didn't have children and grandchildren, I would feel this, I think. Mm-hmm. But I feel it even more acutely because I can put a face in, to it. I, I do have children and grandchildren. Interesting. Very interesting. How about you? At the risk of sounding far less thoughtful, I will say that as I get older, my perspective has changed in the sense that I just don't buy into the hype anymore. Mm. Like, I just, I just don't believe it. Most of it is crap. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, just the things that the things that we think matter so much the ways in which we kill ourselves to try to appear particular ways, the ways in which people oversell their capabilities, their, their lifestyle, their money. Their, I mean, the list goes on and on. I, it is, most of it is kabuki theater is what I figured out at this point. You know, like, so I realized that, that I can spend far less time paying attention to what's going on around me and a whole lot more time paying attention to what's going on inside of me instead that I create my own reality. I create the life that I live. I mean, there's not, it's not to say that there aren't things that happen to you, but so much more of life is how you react to those things. The, the you inside of it all. I have a quote that I absolutely love and I've said it before, but um, it was, it's by Bishop T.D. Jakes who says that the ship does not sink because of the water that it sits inside. It sinks because of the water that gets inside of it. In that what happens around us is not nearly as important as what happens 
happens inside of us. And we spend so much time in our youth focused outwardly, you know, the how we compare to the next person, whether or not we measure up, whether or not our relationship looks as pretty, as exciting, as sexy as the next person on all of these things that mean nothing when it's all said and done. If you yourself are not comfortable inside of your own skin, comfortable inside of the love that you share with your partner, comfortable inside of the life that you have built. And if you're not recognizing that you alone have the power to change all of that. And so I, I really care a lot less about things defining me as much as me defining things. I used to love all the, you know, the labels and the, you know, wear the nicest this, drive the nicest that, so on and so forth. And now I, you know, much prefer like stock options, landscaping and crown molding. Like I really (laughs) (laughs) just, I like you could, you could spare me the jewelry. You can, you know, like I don't, I don't, I really just don't want any of those things. If it can't, if I can't create something more with it, if it's not an asset, and I mean that in both its literal sense and its emotional, spiritual sense, if it's not able to add something to my life or to the life of others, then I just don't, I see it as far more empty now than I used to far more empty. And on an additional note, I, as you know, I'm the mother of a child who is a juvenile diabetic and my son has been diagnosed Mm -hmm. since he's four and he's 17 now. And you're very aware of mortality and you're very aware of the importance of valuing and taking care of oneself and how everything stems from our health more than almost anything else. And Mm -hmm. that health being both emotional, physical and spiritual health, you know, that that is at that's at the center of everything. And if you're not taking care of that, you have nothing else. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many accomplishments you have. All of that stuff is fleeting if you don't have the foundation which is concrete your health on each of those levels and he makes me very aware of those things and I am I wish for him that he didn't have a single day of diabetes Mm. but I would not take a single one of those out of my life personally if there was a way for me to maintain the lessons learned from that experience while absolving him of the experience I would I wish I could do that I wouldn't want to change it in me. It made me a better person, but I would love to spare him of the challenges that it has created in his life. Although I do think it made him a better young man. Also, he -hmm. loves hard and deep and he values life in ways that your average 17 year old wouldn't. Well, that's, you know, life writing in his, Mm -hmm. in his book. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we start out, we're kind of the, you know, the empty diary. There's nothing there, just blank pages. And we have our life experiences and chapters get written. Um, in the best of all worlds, positively, um, that set of those experiences um, allow us to begin a process of discernment, begin a process of deciding what enriches me, what pulls me down. What things do I enjoy? What things don't I enjoy? What things have lasting value? I mean, uh, maybe this is a superficial analogy, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with it we'll anyway. We'll go with you. Right? Okay. 
So years ago, when I, you know, I was a young man, I, I got interested in learning about wine. And okay. uh, there's a fellow who owned a wine shop near me. Um, he said, look, if you want to learn, come in. I'll, I'll teach you. Mm. And he did. He, he, he let me try things. And in the beginning, I had no idea. You know, it, you could have given me, you know, a jug of, of junk wine and a great wine. And my ability to discern the difference was negligible. Right. It took years for me to develop a palate and be able to, to know the difference. First of all, to know the difference, and he was smart enough to tell me, so tell me what you like <laughs> and why you like it. Mm-hmm. So begin to just to describe the experience and evaluate the experience. The, so the analogy for me is, is you know, we, we, we don't know what something might mean to us, what an experience might be like, what how we feel about something until we've experienced it. And then we can begin the process of, of trying to... Parse that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. place some evaluation against it. Um, it, it. The process of the evaluation, the discernment is what matters. Mm. Um, and if, you, if you're doing this right, I think what happens is that as you progress, um, you'll learn to avoid the things that don't fill you with joy that that aren't at the end of the day fulfilling and to do the things that are but knowing which those are that process requires some some time and thought it's not just a, a visceral reaction it's not just the knee jerk of oh that felt good right no i'm with you on that so if if you were to say um if i can encapsulate sort of the great the, my greatest truth today just mm-hmm. for today what would you say your greatest truth is, just in a sentence or so? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> really on the spot. Um, I think it would be that if you can have relationships with other people that allow you to be the best person you are mm-hmm. and be comfortable inside your own skin, then you've achieved something that is rare, um, incredibly valuable, and may arguably be the greatest achievement of your life. Mm. Um, not what you accomplish. Those, you know, to quote the poets, you know, those those things will be written over. They're, they're notations in sand to be blown away. Mm. But the exchange of love with another human being, the creation of a bond with another human being that is meaningful to both of you and builds something that didn't exist individually, that's... Those are the... Uh, the greatest truths for you. The greatest truths. At this point in your life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, mine would be live your life so that people don't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> okay? <laughs> wow. Javi, <laughs> and you always have a way to punctuate our conversations brilliantly. 
<laughs> and there you go, folks. Another one. Uh, come back next week for more of this, if you will. We want to thank Kamaria Mason, our producer, and Todd Washburn, our uh, recording engineer, mm-hmm. who are part of what makes this show work yes and you our audience who uh, feed us your ideas and thoughts and questions so please feel free to write to alvian at alvian lovelife.digital or doug at lovelife.digital we always want to hear what you have to say and we will be back next week with something provocative perhaps something new yeah till then bye folks